When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Welcome to Mama Neil Money. Uh, oh, that is wrong the wrong show. one. We're actually property. <laughs> property, not money. Welcome to Mama Neil Property with John Pigeon and Emily Wallace. This is part two of Wish You Knew Better. No, not wish you knew better. Just wish you knew this before you bought. Now, the last property I bought, we knew we were going to knock it down. So it probably didn't mean too much to us, but we still need to understand the area, who our neighbour's going to be. Do we check council websites for future development? There's so many ins and outs of this, isn't there, Emily? So there was some unbelievable stuff in part one. Some of them were spending 30, 40 grand on these improvements that maybe could have been avoided if there was a bit more due diligence going on. So let's explore this in more detail. We'll get into it. Indeed, let's do it. Okay, John, so part two. So basically, if you've only just joined, this is your first episode ever listening to My Millennial Property. First of all, welcome. But second of all, you should also go back and check part one. And if you have no idea the reference point of where all these comments are coming from, it's the My Millennial Money Facebook group. So if you aren't already a member, go and jump in and, I don't know, someone important will accept you, not me, (laughs) (laughs) into the group. Um, But this is basically... It's basically looking at people's mistakes or what they wish they knew. So you don't have to. If you listen to this before you go and buy or rent your next property, hopefully we should actually be saving you some dollars here by being vigilant on things. Absolutely. So we're going to kick off today the first one which caught my eye on the thread, which is one that I highly, highly recommend, comes from... Uh, Tiaran and Tiaran has said we wish we had stipulated in the contract that vendors have to get a professional clean of the house before vacating um, on settlement. Vendors only have to leave it in the same condition as the inspection when they're selling which is true unlike a rental where you actually have to get a proper clean. In our case the property had never been thoroughly cleaned uh, and it was a four-year-old home. Now that there is definitely a special condition that you can get a conveyancer to easily word for you to add to the contract to get a full commercial grade clean of the property before it's handed over. A, saves you a lot of money and B, the house is clean when you're ready to go and move in. Very good. Absolutely. No, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward one, but can often be overlooked, can't it? And again, whether that's property manager or, or your own due, due diligence and checking, um, it, it can be an oversight. One to that point is uh, we were looking for a property last week with a client and we agreed on a price uh, and this owner-occupier is actually going to remain a tenant Mm-hmm. Right. So for six months um, before they move into their newly built home, I think it is. So that is a interesting one because we're talking about the whole pre-settlement and then checking the, the condition of it before handover 
when they're not actually going to move out and they were the previous owners. So we, I think we actually need to check more than we normally would because they're still living in it, right? Yes. Yeah, that is a tricky one. We've got one exactly the same. We literally just negotiated something similar where they're going to stay on for a bit and they are basically – they be, the owner then becomes sort of the tenant. So, yeah, yeah. it is a tricky one. Um, having a good conveyancer on board who can navigate some special conditions that are worthwhile in that realm is definitely um, a plus. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it, you're not going to get them to, to move out and then move back in but no. – <laughs> You've definitely got to check a lot of things and make sure it's all clean and visible and you can see exactly what's happening in that in that house at the time because at the time of the inspection, especially if it was pre-market or off-market, it, uh, it might not be in a condition that's ready for inspection either. Yeah, indeed. What have we got next? What about that one about the toilet? Toilet, toilet roll, should I say. Oh, <laughs> that they didn't... <laughs> Amelia Jane, toilet paper. Always make sure I leave at least a full roll for the next tenant or owner, but recently moved into a place where the previous tenant had left none. How rude of that them. That is so rude. And yeah, I think that's just like, also side note though, on the toilet talk, I hate when people leave the toilet brushes, you know, like we don't want to inherit <laughs> yes. your toilet brush. No, take that with <laughs> Take that with you, leave the toilet paper. The on the way out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, boy. Now, uh, Jessica Rothman says, I wish we'd considered the size of bedrooms. Our kids' rooms are so small, but we only consider the space that a cot or single bed takes up, oh. not once they get a bit older and want need desks, space to store Lego, etc. Very, very important one, especially if we're moving in as a happily married couple mm. and then all of a sudden, three years' time, we've got a couple of uh, rugrats running around and we need to create more space for ourselves. We didn't think about it. Indeed. I think future-proofing a house has popped up quite a few times on this thread and thinking, you know, beyond the now because it is very easy just to sort of, you know, do it based on who you've got in your family at the time, what their needs yeah. are. But if it is a long-term place, then, yeah, bedroom sizes for sure. You know, having probably a double bed at minimum plus a desk does it fit. Yeah, absolutely. And you would have known upgrading from a queen to a king that uh, there's quite a sizable difference, isn't there? There is indeed. And once you go to a king, you cannot go back, John. There is no downsizing no. from there. No, true. <laughs> now, Kathy King has said that she underestimated road noise uh, and the effect it has when sitting outside and then also on resale. And I put a comment in there saying that it's uh, quite common that agents have music playing at homes that um, do have a lot of traffic noise you know going through so as we touched on in part one we were saying don't be afraid to test and try things and that does include turning off the music like it's not unreasonable to test it uh, and understand Um, but it does pop up a lot those things about you know general rule of thumb people don't want to buy on a main road and you'll often find properties are very well soundproofed double glazing all that sort of thing but as Kathy has mentioned sitting outside it must be a bit more than just white noise. Yeah, it does seem an obvious one. But again, that can change over time, can't it? And, and we've had an experience on the Central Coast where 
a through road actually turned into a no through road, oh. which was a massive bonus for those who had owned or bought in that street prior. So again, what does that mean? Well, revert back to council websites, um, future development, because a um, it can work in the opposite, can't it? Where a, a normal road can become a busy road because of infrastructure changes. So exactly. see what's on the horizon there, but. When you get out of the car, feel how busy it is and all you need to do is is video a couple of minutes of traffic when we would consider peak time, which is probably before 9 o'clock or after 3, 4 or 5, yeah. um, to see just how busy it is now. But think about the implications down the track uh, for further development. Indeed. And just, sorry, just on that, Emily, I also look at parking is a big one. I don't think we've really spoken about specific parking, but if we've got... Uh, maybe a, a unit block of 30 going up in the street, right? That's potentially 30 more cars or 30 more visitors that can come to your street. That's going to make a, a big impact in that street alone. So, uh, again, understanding how easy or hard it is to get a park. Parking is a big one and it's a personal pain point of mine, particularly sussing out the amenities around where you where you are. So we're opposite a tennis club, but also a football oval. And at first I was like, this is awesome. We're going to play tennis. It's going to be so yeah. great. Uh, and then take the dogs to the, to the oval. The reality is on a Saturday, you I literally have gone around in loops trying to find a park really? to duck in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you just got to be aware of not only the block that you're in, but also what sort of public traffic is going to be there at certain times um, and accommodate that. Absolutely. Now, I have to say, this is one of my favourite comments on the thread from Lauren Cameron. And Lauren says, I wish I'd paid more attention to the fact that the apartment is up four flights of stairs with no lift, makes shopping day and a toddler slash pram feel like an F45 workout. (laughs) What a nightmare that is. (laughs) Not ideal. Shopping's one thing, but then taking a a pram or a toddler with you as well when they can't walk or don't want to walk and just drop to their hands and knees, like... Yeah, I feel your pain, Lauren. She went on to say that um, she's perfected the technique. I just put everything in the pram and I drag it all up backwards, including the child. <laughs> that is a game changer. You, oh, I wouldn't last a fortnight. No, no, definitely be careful in older older style apartments where they don't mandatory. You know, the lifts aren't mandatory before a certain point in time with builds. So, yes, unless you need a good workout or you like climbing stairs, make sure you check. Yeah, absolutely. Gee, you've um, you've replied to a lot of the comments. You've been busy in Fiji. I was busy laying on a sun lounge, um, (laughs) taking a break from my reading. (laughs) 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 Got on the old Facebook until the Wi-Fi cut out. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Um, Now, Agnes... As one I think I pronounced that correctly. Check out the neighbours. Do they have screaming kids 24-7? Now, that is a really good one, but it's something that's totally out of our control, isn't it? Because what is a good neighbourhood or having good neighbours can quickly turn to not-so-good neighbours overnight when someone sells or it was a, uh, a rental and someone else moves in that's uh, brought a dog or, or three, four kids. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fickle one, that one, because it's, um, yeah, it changes, doesn't it? It does. It's forever changing. You can't, even if there's bad neighbours when you move in, you might end up with good neighbours and vice versa. You can't really – you can pick – what do they say? You can – no, it's gone. I'm thinking about pick a neighbours quote. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> you can't pick your fa- – oh, <laughs> I'm looking at Kobe. 
<laughs> yeah, you can pick your. F- you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your relatives. I think. Yeah, something like that. Has uh, actually nothing, nothing to do with, to do with your neighbours. Uh, um, neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But I've I've known a few people that have had to move out or sold their property because of their neighbours. Yes. Now that's not a ideal situation at all. Mm. Uh, but I don't think we, yeah, I, I don't think we look at that as a game changer to to buy into that street if it's if if it's where we want to live because as we've said, it can change over time. Yeah, indeed. We are going to take a quick break and then try and work our way through the rest of these comments. I think we can do it. So we will be back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, we've just realised out of the 93 comments, 45 of them are your replies to those <laughs> comments. So we've, we've got through most of them. <laughs> I love interacting with the community. It's so like... You do. It's fantastic. And you're right. I need to do more of it. Well, we sit across mm. the screen, you and I, and I think a lot of people don't realise, by the way, that John and I don't always record physically together we love recording together and we're going to catch up on the yes. road show as well and if you're coming to any of the live events please come up and say hi to us because uh, we love to meet people that that listen to the podcast but um, yeah. sometimes it is hard to know you know whose ears we are actually in that's right yeah we try to record together like i, I flew to melbourne to be in your office and you weren't there <laughs> last week, off. but um, did you know i actually didn't go i oh, uh, my cans got uh my flights got cancelled so i didn't actually end up going oh at there all. you go i don't feel so bad for going to fiji <laughs> no i don't feel bad so renee Beggs says whether i can actually get my car in the garage oh yes and what was my reply to that This is a big one, especially in builds that were 60s, 70s. Cars were a lot smaller back then, and so were people. Um, Now, no, that's not that's not derogatory. That's um, it's actually facts. Like you go back to the 1600s, 1700s in Europe, and everything was built smaller, wasn't it? Yeah, I I meant 
that 1960s, 1970s, not the 1600s. Oh, sorry. I thought, okay. All right. Did they even have cars in the 1600s? I don't think they did, John. No, but they they built houses smaller, oh, the yes, roofs were yes. lower, etc. Yes, yes. Right. Now it's trend to have them higher. <laughs> so that is a really important one. Mm. Um, and, and roof height for the garage is also very important, isn't it? You, otherwise, you your door just get dinged every time you try to open it. And if you've got kids and how many times do we say to them, watch the door as you open it, whether it be in a parking lot or whatever. So if you've got a single car, car garage, when you're trying to get your Pajero or whatever it is into the garage and it's not fitting, then it, it is a game changer. And, and think about also what you might have now but what you might need to upgrade to because you're having a family at some stage while you own that house. Yeah, indeed. I think, um, yeah, it's surprising that a lot of people don't realise the car spaces were always made a lot smaller only, you know, 50, 60 years ago. So particularly in villa units, that's one thing Kobe and I are constantly measuring if the cars will actually fit because nine times out of ten they do not. We had an instance about probably 10 years ago mm. in Melbourne. We went to stay there for the AFL Grand Final. We stayed in Powlett Street, East Melbourne, and there was this probably the 1960s, 70s um, blocks that you were talking about, Emily. We put our four-wheel drive in there, and Ooh. to the life of me, I couldn't get it back out. How'd you get- <laughs> I reckon I spent about two hours trying to get this thing out. Oh, I actually had to reverse it out. Oh. Um, it was that tight. I could not believe it. But oh, no. like anything, if you get it in there, it has, it has to, come to come out. out. Mm, maybe my driving skills <laughs> a little bit to be desired. Oh, boy. Uh, now, Nicole is coming with an interesting one saying, I don't get a lot of sunlight, so my apartment is cold and dark. I wish I had prioritised a balcony, um, but I do have a rooftop space that I can use. Now, this probably refers a bit to orientation of properties and yep. look, Anyone, generally speaking, will have heard on their search that north-facing is the best because you get all-day sun. And then east or west is basically prioritised whether you like sunrise or sunset. East is sunrise, west is sunset typically. And then south-facing. Now, one thing about south-facing I do want to say because a lot of people neglect south-facing properties. They go, oh, they don't get any sunlight. When it is an elevated south-facing property, like a couple of stories up, particularly in apartment blocks, and it has um, there's no disruption to the windows, generally speaking, you actually get really good natural light or no, not direct sunlight. So mm-hmm. something to be aware of because sometimes like we've had buyers completely dismiss anything that has south-facing without yeah. even inspecting it. And it's not always the case that it's actually dark. Um, but for Nicole, it sounds like maybe... She's not getting any sunlight by the sounds of it, cold and dark. No. Yeah, and, and that's probably more of the issue. If, you, if you're getting sun from the south or the north, then that's great. We live in a great country. Um, but not getting any sunlight at all is a, is a damp issue, isn't it, especially in winter for a lot of parts of Australia. What do you like, south-facing or north-facing? Oh, I actually like west-facing. I really love sunsets and I love the afternoon sun. I mean, north-facing is great for, yeah, sunlight, but more generally, um, my pick would be west-facing for the living. I mean, I always talk about, um, in reference to the living space, you know, the main part of the house. Um, How about you? What do you like? Yeah, I'm a north-facing backyard for me. That's where we'd like to spend our time and that's, uh, that's where we, the sun. That's fair. 
Now, there was one that caught my interest. I was scrolling past just before. Hmm. Oh, here it is, Anna. And I had an interesting one. It was about uh, moving into an estate that has a no dog or cat covenant, which is enforced by the council because it backs onto koala habitat. Mm. And when they bought, they thought they didn't want a dog, but now they've got a young child. Sounds like they do want a dog. I mean, who doesn't want a dog? Um, Yeah. (laughs) A little bit biased. Probably a cat owner. (laughs) (laughs) Or a cat. A A fur friend. Uh, a little furry friend. Uh, yeah, that's a tricky one. You can't really do much about that, can you? No, no, unless you've got enough money to change the covenant. Yeah. The other thing, though, that I have noticed, particularly in Metro Melbourne of late, and I think I actually read an article about it uh, in Brisbane too, is councils are getting much firmer on curfews for cats at the moment. Cat really? curfews, yeah. 9pm got to be with inside wow. and some of them are actually putting a 24-hour notice that the cat cannot leave your premise no wandering cats wow there you go yeah i don't really know i mean what do you do put your cat on a lead or something or make it a house cat i don't just don't think that's meant to be how cats function i'm not a cat expert train it train it so it comes back <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. um sarah sarah emily says current home the fact that the study does not in fact have a door oh it's a bit vital. Isn't so it? I, I would have thought you could put one on though. Um, in most cases, you can you can assemble a door, but uh, yeah, obviously privacy for meetings and everything else is important. Not a, a forty thousand dollar game changer like the one on the previous episode, but yeah, definitely one to factor into and and understand your own lifestyle and and the hours that you'll be at home and what you'll need and how many people in the house and internet and all these things. Yeah. Most definitely. There's one here from Steve-O. Steve-O bought a first unit that had common walls with ch- and shared common walls with two other units. Our bedroom window was tucked right at the back of the courtyard and we could hear every word of the conversations of um, the people next to them for three years. <laughs> wow. Uh, and obviously it had a bit of impact on them. Common walls are a hard one, aren't they? Because a lot of people <laughs> yeah. are apprehensive about duplexes or your units that have common walls. Ones that have sufficient uh, insulation, sound insulation, shouldn't you shouldn't be able to hear your neighbour. But no. uh, unfortunately, sometimes you can, and also in apartment blocks too. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's uh, it. All leads to us moving to the country, doesn't it? And just <laughs> totally. having some having some acreage and not having to worry about any of those things. Just check the house. Live off grid. Yeah, this um, this same post from Sarah Emily talked about a soccer ball being constantly kicked at our fence. Oh. Um, I don't think we were neighbours, Sarah, but maybe that was my kids. I'm not <laughs> sure, but um, yeah, that is a that's, that's a so tough annoying. one at eleven o'clock at night. Uh, hopefully the parents can rein the kids in at that time of day. But, yeah, that's um, yeah, it's never a perfect world, is it? That's what I'm listening to here. No, I agree. And I think, you know, what is the key takeaway of all these things that everyone has put forward? I think the biggest thing is you're never going to reach perfection with where you are, whether it's no. the micro factors of the house itself or the macro factors of the environment. There's going to be some level of sacrifice and compromise in, in the process. And in some cases, it'll be minimal. In other cases, you might be putting up with a lot. But yep. unfortunately, maybe unless you are 
taking John's suggestion of moving to the country on acreage. <laughs> but even then, that's that's kind of problematic because I would like to walk to get my coffee, not drive. So, yes. you know, there's the pros and cons of everything. But I think mm. being vigilant in the process of your assessment and spending more than just 10 minutes in a property um, will work to your advantage when it comes to some of the key tick boxes and deal breakers that are involved. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just prioritising, isn't it? What are you prepared to put up with? What are you prepared to accept or not accept? And uh, I think the key takings from both of these episodes is knowing what to look for. It is nothing worse than uh, committing to something financially, such a big outlay in this case of buying a home and then realising, hang on a minute, I didn't do my due diligence or I didn't understand that that would be an issue. Now it's a big issue, whether financially or lifestyle-wise, it's it's affecting my day-to-day runnings. Definitely. Um, and just as a closing note, there was a comment around not wanting to uh, complain or report things. So, I think it's interesting when you are a tenant and you notice things that are wrong with the property or that need fixing, some people are apprehensive to report them because they don't want to be seen as a needy tenant or ungrateful or you know yep. disrupting the landlord. I can tell you as a landlord, and I'm sure you agree, John, and also having currently being a tenant, the sooner you can report something, the better because something left – uh, unfixed, untouched for an extended period of time is probably going to cost the landlord a lot more in the long run. And so right. they actually really appreciate you reporting things and getting onto it, whether it's, you know, a leaking tap or um, something that doesn't work properly. Don't feel that you're being a menace or that you're being annoying by asking for things through the property manager. I think it's really nah. important to bring these things because a lot of the time, to be honest, a lot of the time the landlord has not actually resided in the property and they don't know the little quirks about it at all. No, that's right. And having been on both sides of the fence, I think, yeah, obviously you'd like to think that everyone's ethical and trustworthy and and will do the right thing for, for the tenant. Um, but yeah, you, you're right. The tenant has to speak up if there is an issue and not let it get worse because the the owner would want to know if something's not working yeah um, for, for their financial investment but also for the for the comfort of the tenant as well indeed I'll have to think of another thread to do I like I really like these because I just love hearing everyone's different perspective and stories and experiences in in the process this, yeah. we can't make this stuff up can we <laughs> no absolutely not and when you've got like 41,000 people in the Facebook group. There's going to be some good stories and and we can't make them all up. We try our best to make some stories up to talk about. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the people is, uh, is where it's at. So thank you very much. And speaking about the people, I'm up in Coffs Harbour at the moment. Yes. Um, and I put it on the Facebook group that I need a, a studio to record from today in, in Coffs Harbour. And James Anderson sent me a message and said, yep, you can use my studio. He runs a creative agency called Moose. So if you're in Coffs Harbour, um, shout out to James. So here I am in his studio and he's a legend. James, you are an absolute legend. That is awesome. What a, what a powerful community. That is so cool that you yep. can just – a very trusting of you as well. You rock up to, to James's place. Yeah. Could have been anyone. Well, <laughs> trusting of him yeah, also. probably. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's awesome. That's so cool. Maybe we should go on a little like – 
tour of random places to record. That's right. Well, I'm heading to Mudgee next week oh, okay. um, and uh, and people have like messaged saying, oh, are you coming to my area? I'm like, oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that people I'll be wanting autographs song. soon, John. Famous. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But uh, anyway, yeah, maybe it is a road trip for Emily and I and we can record in person. We can. Well, I think the next time we're recording, John, we'll both be in Hobart in my hometown yes, and then to Melbourne. Will. So if you're a listener, and you haven't really heard much about the roadshow that's going on. I do believe there are still tickets available uh, yes. to most of the shows to come and see a live podcast recording for the main show, My Millennial Money, with Glenn and John. Um, definitely get on to that. And also just a chance to connect with the community. I feel like if you're a podcast listener to these particular podcasts, the other people that are coming to those events are probably somewhat similar-minded or, you know, at a similar stage. Yeah. So you could actually yeah. make some new friends as well by coming along too, which would be nice. Yeah. And if you're single, um, yeah. Get ready to mingle. Even, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Because we do have um, drinks before Yeah. To, uh, to break the ice as well, so that's handy. Indeed. For those who like a drink. But, um, yeah, good stuff. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, John. Uh, Next time we see each other, we'll be in Hobart. Okay, bye. Bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And if you're a first home buyer, I have the course just for you. Everything from pre-approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 